0: A formal declaration of alliance was made between RaeLund and the Red Kingdom. This balance of power has shifted unfavorably towards the Red King's disdain for us as Seekers. Our numbers in the guild are dwindling. We are not made for war, but war is coming.
1: The only thing that makes sense is that nothing makes sense.
0: I don't know what I'm doing with this. What do you want me to do? Just pick it up and just go, watch out!
2: Well, you had shot all over it, clearly. Call me crazy if that doesn't look like an arrow. You make an excellent point. Thank you so much for having us, Eden. By the way, Baron Ash was my grandfather, and please don't hurt me with that information, because he's after me and I'm trying to hide from him. Thank you, bye! What?
3: Foundlings and welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is Chronicle One, Chapter sixty-four. This is an awfully long book. I gotta say,
1: very too many chapters. There's a lot of chapters. The Bible, like gosh,
3: I gotta get to. Oh yeah, I guess we have to end at sixty-six. We don't um, there you go. Past that?
2: Well, no, we just start a new chronicle. Yeah, yeah. When do we get to Second Chronicles? It's true.
3: Oh that's great. Um yes, well anyway, Foundlings. My name is Emily. I am your game master, host, a uh, dog owner, cat owner, editor, producer, wanting to run a tavern at some point where we uh we we cook food that's related to role playing games and give the the people at the table a mission and also, you know, just the general writer for the Gate Chronicles. Uh. <laughs> and today I'm joined by my two only players.
2: My name is Jaden and I play Uh He is... Uh, what is he? He's, he was a bard. He, he was. He got the song kicked out of him. And now he's kind of a rogue. He is a seeker on a quest to stay alive with his family. I also show up. <laughs> 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 she does a lot of things. I show up. And hi, I'm also here.
1: I do indeed show up and sit in front of a microphone. I am Quentin Ott, and I play our only and beloved Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher born and raised in upstate New York, who is currently torn between where his party's going because apparently he's the only one who has ideas and has to make all these decisions, but is very indecisive. And then everyone argues with him, but then we end up doing whatever he wants anyways.
2: The positive aspects of being indecisive is you really struggle with to make sure that you make the right choice. The struggles with being decisive is you have to make that choice work. It's true. So, which do you want to be, Charles Smoot?
3: I guess it's time to get started. More of the puzzle pieces have come together. Our party is finally united in their knowledge with the truth behind the purpose of the Seeker's Guild revealed to all. Tensions are on the rise. War looms in the horizon and the Seeker's numbers dwindle. With this in mind, Eden has requested the adventurers travel to Wolf's Lodge, who the Guild has lost contact with. Their mission? Destroy the Seeker base to prevent the Red Kingdom from using its mirror gate to access the Dark Archive. But first comes the journey. Whether by gate, land, or sea, we must check in with our party to see where they have ended up.
2: I choose by weather.
3: By weather, okay.
2: All right, hot air balloon time! Let's go!
3: So let me Why help you out. wasn't that
2: ever an option we discussed?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Both Jaden and I turned and looked at each other. But,
2: no, I'm looking at him like, you don't have the crap points for that. No, I absolutely don't.
3: So, gentlemen, the sudden shift in propulsion forward is something you've all become all too familiar with. As you step out of the mirror gate, you stand inside of a sort of cave. A waterfall trickles down as a veil in front of you, while mossy limbs sway rhythmically to the song of the wind. Strange fragrances waft in a warm mist that rises from the pool beyond the fall. You suddenly realize how narrow the platform you are standing on becomes as each of your comrades arrives, the water lapping up against the edges of the shoal towards your feet. <laughs>
1: Back, back up, give me some space here
0: Oh, you guys got my foot wet
2: And I think I just got the end of my, my cloak It's just going to be hitting my heels all day
4: Oh, well, it, why is it warm? It feels, did somebody pee here? A little That's suspicious
2: Not too bad I'd It was fun up here Take off his glove and start, like, splashing his hand through the water
3: it is very warm. It actually, you see that there is steam rising from this pool of water that is in front of you.
2: Ooh. This is the perfect place to come back to after a mission.
3: Oh, by the way, speaking of which, I'm sorry. It is time to make a will save.
2: Oh, oh, I like those. Just jumping right into the thing. of things. wait, no,
1: we have character sheets for this. An online... <laughs> Who rolls physical dice anymore? We spend hundreds of dollars on dice to never use them because we have digital dice instead.
2: Yeah, now we can spend hundreds of hours of setting up a web portal to do this. (laughs) 20 for Charles Smith. Oh, boy. I don't know what total that is, but it's going to be a good one. (laughs) 29.
3: All right. So, um, gentlemen. Hey, that's us. You both avoid the effects of the reverse. Congratulations. You are not sickened or moving your body in reverse ways. I thought
1: that was fortitude save,
2: generally? Uh, We went through a different gate. Who knows? Maybe different gates have different saves.
3: You can see before you is, as I said, this large shoal of water. You are inside of a cave, Uh but it doesn't look like there's a clear, straight path from the gate that you are standing by Hmm. in front of. Hmm. It just looks like this is a very narrow ledge that uh, leads down into the water in front of you. Although, you do see that there are very narrow um, ledges around the cave with a small bit of land you could walk on.
1: This seems terribly inefficient. And I thought our secret base was bad enough with Mosa running around. I mean, this this place, you, you can't even maneuver anywhere. Fenamir, put your sketchbook away. We have places to go.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, what? That's it's so relaxing. We could just stay here. No,
1: no, we can't. We have a very strict timeline of, you know... The, the Red Guard
2: getting sacred artifacts which are going to explode us. Ah, uh, you know, that sounds a little pressing. Just mildly.
0: Right, exploding right. artifacts, and do we have to walk through the water?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm taking the ledge.
3: All right, so uh, Charles begins making his way over towards one of the ledges. It's a very narrow path, and you're going to need to make an acrobatics check to balance. It's right up against the wall, so this might be a relatively difficult check to avoid falling in the water.
1: 29 for Charles Smoot. All right. Oh, gosh.
3: Charles Smoot begins crossing this ledge with relative ease. You can see that he initially, getting his footing, kind of stumbles a little bit, but then braces himself against the wall, finding holds where there were never holds before, and you see as he, like, forces his hand into the wall. Start
2: punching
1: into the stone. <laughs>
2: It's like breaks a top uh, top piece off. Now there's a handhold. <laughs> Seekers will forever thank him. <laughs> Just Whoever it was that broke that rock. 26 for Finn.
3: Okay. Finnavir, you following after Charles, carefully make your way across this ledge, though you do see as you both are approaching towards the waterfall, which seems to cover the entire front of this cave. As I said, like a veil. No, I'm
1: not looking at it. Oh, closer. It, it seems like all of this was for naught, because we're going to get drenched one way or another. Well,
2: I mean, we put it off for a bit.
0: <laughs> I mean, what if you go really fast?
1: The, the speed of what you move through water doesn't
2: affect how much water hits you. All right. Are you sure about that? No, yes! No, no. Smoot, I know you're a science bio something or other. But this has got to be the better way. And fin, uh, Finn's just going to sprint at the water. Full speed. <laughs> okay. And hope that there's more ledge at the <laughs> end.
3: <laughs> he okay. Just jumps so, off of so you just run from yeah. the ledge that you're on yeah. into the waterfall area? Like yeah. I assume, waterfall? Assuming
2: that there is a path that leads into the waterfall on land, he will continue that route.
3: Okay, so you're following along the edge of the waterfall and you start moving quicker. I'm gonna need you to roll another acrobatics if you're trying to stay on the ledge without falling into the water because there is no obvious land path in front of you.
4: But what you can see- It's
2: it's thin the whole way?
4: (laughs) Entire way. Oh
2: no. You wanted this. Bring it. I'm not holding flower anymore. I have no fear. The fl- yeah, obviously the flower is the major concern here. Uh, 21.
3: Okay. Venomir, you start pushing past Charles, like having to step around him. You immediately lose your balance, falling oh. back into the water. Oh. And you land with a splash. It's not very deep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody left. He's just going to get up to his feet, and he's just going to book it through that waterfall. Yeah,
3: you landed, Um, basically, when you fell, you landed on your buttocks. It was basically up to your hip. So you get up, you're wet on your lower half, and you then begin running towards the waterfall. Water is splashing up all around you as you run through the waterfall. And you do notice that this pool of water gets deeper, but it is... Warm, it is comfortably warm, it is relaxing like a bath.
2: Oh no, Smoot! I, I definitely made the wrong call. Um, yeah, just come on down. The water is great.
1: Right here. <laughs> I told you, we do not have time for pleasantries like doodling or swimming. Charles Smoot just continues on the edge, okay, inches ever closer to the waterfall.
3: You just hear behind you as there are footsteps wading through the water as they walk past you and join Finnevere. Everyone in the water, it's only up to about your thighs in depth. But as you pass through the waterfall, which is a very, like, light trickle, but still enough to get you moistened, you walk out through and you see before you
5: a very beautiful
3: landscape. Charles Smoot. Slowly making his way over, passes under the waterfall, finding himself lightly misted and moistened. Go ahead and roll a perception check, everyone.
1: See what I see?
3: To see what it is that you see in detail.
2: I see a lot of detail. Thirty-one for Charles Smith and twenty for Finn, who's getting the rubbing the water out of his eyes.
3: Honestly, Finn, this is so relaxing. Your attention is just drawn to this beautiful masterpiece of a waterfall that looks like it was just artfully created. Finn, you you do take more notice of your area, though in less detail as Charles is looking around. You both see that you have walked out into a relatively large open courtyard area. This pool of water is probably about 50 feet across, outside of the waterfall and inside the little cave, it's about 30 feet. The water is no higher than up to your thighs, but as you wade through, you take notice of this region surrounding. You see some walls in the distance. The courtyard overall is relatively empty. You do see, though, that there are building structures, though they are different in comparison to what you've seen at Lambs or Spiked. These are more like gazebos open buildings overall and they're interspersed throughout the location
1: all
2: right does
3: does anyone know where we're supposed to
2: go i I guess we gotta get a boat all right can we get to land like where we're not treading water oh you're not treading any water
3: you are wading through it only thigh high if
2: anything finnevere was like crouched down to be lower more in the water well that's what one does when the water is warm
3: So he's just swimming through he's just the like water.
2: He's just like doggy paddling
1: his way around. Uh,
3: you get a few um, strange looks from both Kelsey and Valen as they walk past you onto the land. They start patting themselves off.
2: Oh, no. As soon as we get to the land, he's like, all right, one at a time. And he's, uh, uh, he'll start tied to woeing himself dry, like as if it was like a blower. Me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And just like a waving little cloth around to create the, the air. <laughs>
2: yeah. Wave,
3: wave. <laughs> <laughs> Waves out the cloth, squeezes the water. Perfect. You do see more towards the center of this area is a larger structure, definitely akin to the keep that you're familiar with. Again, though, the structure more similar to the buildings you see around it. In front of it, though, you see what looks like an information desk.
1: Oh. <gasps> Charles, he really just begins marching his way there,
2: assuming that everyone else will catch up with him eventually. Yeah, he's probably going to get there first, but we'll catch up.
3: It doesn't take long for Charles to make his way over to the information desk, at least what he assumes to be an information desk, since there is no signage, but it seems like it's the most obvious place. You see sitting there is a young man. He has luscious dark locks and a bruise on his left eye. You can see his nose is slightly crooked, and looks like it might have been broken a few times. He is currently just sitting there, staring off into the distance, away from you. Uh,
1: hello! Uh, good sir.
4: Oh, hello.
1: Uh, well, you see, me and my friends here, we're, we're new in town. Uh, and we were actually sent here on a secret mission. We're from Lambs and we need a vessel.
4: Oh, right. So, you're here as part of the, um… Uh,
1: I I think we were told to look for a man named Sarah Ostridge.
4: I don't think there's anyone here by the name Sarah or Ostridge. However, there is a Sawa Ostrich.
1: Yeah, we'll just go with that one. That one sounds close.
4: So, you wish to speak to the Guardian of this guild?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Is that who that is? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Might as well, right? Well, you know, while we're in town.
3: Kelsey walks up behind you. Sorry, we're new in town, and there's just
0: a
4: lot of things going on right now. Did you
1: know that Sarah Ostridge is the guild, the
4: guardian
2: of uh, this
1: place?
4: So, so that's Sawa Ostrich.
2: Sawa. Sawa. Sawa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a mouthful. Is there any shorter thing we can refer to this
4: person as? Mr. Sawa would be fine, I guess. I like
2: Mr.
1: Sawa.
4: Mr. Otzrick as well.
1: uh, That's too much of a mouthful. All right. uh, Can you put us in the direction of of where they might be?
4: Well, sir, the Guardian is currently busy at the moment. Okay,
1: listen. So I'm new in town, which means you don't know me. However, (laughs) if you have ever gotten any information from Lamb's Respite, you would have already known that I'm a notoriously impatient individual. (laughs) <laughs> and that I brashly ignore the chain of command. So, if you could please point me in the direction of where he may or may not be, I will gladly go and interrupt whatever he is doing.
4: Right, right. So, you see, there's partially a problem here. I don't know your name. We're not accustomed to each other.
1: Well, like I said, I'm new in town. I, I already introduced that fact.
2: Benavir, as he like slaps down his uh his secret emblem
3: all right so he reaches up takes it he seems to pull it behind the desk and he see starts writing on a notepad did we get
1: any like paperwork from eden where no. she's like show that okay oh that's fine mister you didn't offer me your name either i will just go back to lambs despite and tell eden uh the fair that you were incredibly unhelpful but mr smoot you have to trust the process What process? I was told to look for a man, I'm asking where a man is, and he's not being very helpful.
2: Well, if you're not willing to be patient, why don't you go try to be impatient with someone else?
1: Not fine, maybe I will. I'm sure there are plenty of people who know where Sarah Ostrich is. And then Smoot just kind of storms off.
3: Okay, so Charles Smoot walks away from the table. Um, Meanwhile, this young man hands
4: you back your badge. I appreciate it, sir. Some people are just so rude nowadays. I agree. Charles, you begin walking around the area.
3: Roll the perception check.
1: Sure. Listen, obstinance has to get you somewhere. Uh, total 26 for Charles Smooth.
3: It's strange. Because you've noticed this upon entering into this base. It seems almost vacant. The only person that you have seen so far since walking from the gate in has been the person at the information desk. And as you begin walking around, looking in through some of the gazebo areas and even peering into the building, you see no one else.
4: All right. He looks back up at you, Finnevere. If you could call your friend back over so I could sign him in, that'd be fantastic.
2: Uh, I'll do what I can. Mr. Smoot! Yep, that's me! On second thought, we do need you over here for signage if you could bring your badge over here. Signage? My face is my signature. He saw me. Uh, It does not qualify to register you for this area. What do I have to be registered for? Well, fine. Charles Smith storms over. And what's your name? Oh, finally, some manners.
4: Scott Sterling, sir. Scott Sterling!
2: <laughs> so lazy. Well met! <laughs> <laughs> so all the pieces come together, and you're so lazy, and I'm okay with it. Just the man, the myth, the, the legend. legend. <laughs> uh.
1: Well, uh well met, Scott Sterling. I'm Charles Smoot. Uh, yada, yada, yada.
4: All right, sirs, one moment. And there we are. All signed in there. See? We'll just wait here. I think would probably be our best bet for well, Mr. Ottershreck nah, nah. to come back. Yeah. Well, how is that our our
1: best and our most efficient route?
4: For everyone's safety.
1: Safe. What is unsafe about the current situation?
4: You know, there's a really lovely place up the hill. If you want to go over there, it's nice to relax.
5: And
1: All right now. Just
4: contemplate life. Now,
1: um, where is the most dangerous part of town?
4: Right. So, um, let's just put it this way. I don't want to have to lead you to the location where he might be, but there's a possibility he's not there, and then I have to lead you to another area, and then it just becomes a whole other mess. Can't you
1: just point us in the direction or, like, draw us a map or something?
4: You know, I would, but you don't have access to this facility. Okay, listen. So, my thought was, we just stay here where it's safe. And nothing comes flying at your face.
1: We, as an organization, are literally at war. People are dying. Your entire base is vanquished. Individuals are being fired, quit, or buried as we speak. And you want to sit here and enjoy the nice scenery on the hill.
4: It's a matter of self-preservation, yes.
1: Well, I would like to self-preserve all of the Seekers. So if I could get along with my quest, that would be great.
0: Wait, 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 wait.
4: Mr. Smoot.
1: I will burn his tapestry. Mr. Smoot I just should point we at something on the
4: wall. Just try no some walls. diplomacy here? And not intimidate. <laughs> wait, no, that's good. Can I roll an intimidate?
3: <laughs> you may attempt an intimidate. If anyone else would like to attempt some diplomacy, you <laughs> may also Yeah,
2: 16 for Charles Smoot.
3: Charles Smoot is an emotional mess. Honestly, your words seem to have no effect on this man. He has been hardened by years of his experience in this region. You can tell that this man is definitely hiding something about his apprehension. And there is a particular reason, but he does not seem to want to share it. And he is avoiding taking you places related to this reason.
2: I will wait like every good cop for Bad Cop's interaction to finish.
3: So, uh, Finnevere, you may attempt your diplomacy as this man's face just goes very stern as he looks at Charles Smoot.
2: All right. So speaking of this man's face, Finnevere is also very concerned for this man that his nose has not been set right. So he will, he will show empathy. Look, I think there are other things we can do while we wait. First... It looks like you've had some bad times, man.
4: It's been quite awful, I will say.
2: I, I have some practice in medicine. Uh, if you do not get your nose set promptly, it may not heal right. And you may not know, but um, he'll pull out his pocket mirror.
4: No, no, it's looked like that for for years now. Oh.
2: oh, I'm very sorry.
4: It doesn't
3: look like the nose is freshly broken, but you your mistake is understandable because there is so much swelling around his eye that's actually creeped onto his nose.
2: You know, I actually have some stuff to help with that. Would you mind if I attended to you for a moment? I prefer those in my company to be in good health.
3: He looks at you a little dubious. You can go ahead and roll a uh, diplomacy if you're attempting to improve his attitude towards you.
2: It's a really better roll than what I had. Uh, that's a 31.
4: Sure. So, Benavir, he kind of relaxed a little. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, just come on right back here. Bet you've never been back here before. Actually, I haven't. Very exciting stuff. Look at this. Very detailed
3: book. And he does have a very detailed book, although most of the dates in there appear to be old. So, like, the comings and goings of people, there doesn't seem to be many recent visits.
2: Excellent handwriting. Well,
3: thank you. All right, so what are you attempting to do to that man's face?
2: Uh, Well, I'm going to do battle medicine. (laughs) Try to freshen him up a bit. It looks like he's been injured, and I'm trying to restore any lost hit points, and by extension, hopefully lessen the swelling. Do so I roll medicine for battle
3: medicine? You may.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: <laughs> what was and that you roll? thought
2: you were the good cop. Uh, that's, a, that's a natural one.
3: Okay, <laughs> a so...
2: 11. <laughs> Just trying to apply some bandages.
3: You go up to Scott Sterling, admiring... The handiwork of the wound almost. You you go over and you actually begin like pulling out some bandages, trying to wrap it around. Like you said, you start wrapping it, but you keep wrapping it and wrapping it until it almost becomes too tight. You put a lot of pressure on his eye, and you can tell that he's kinda of like sitting there in more pain, choking back some tears. Are you sure you're healthy and are you trying to kill me? Oh I'm
2: so sorry. I usually much better at this. Um, you unwrap this.
0: Oh, ow! Oh, get out from behind my desk! Ah!
3: You get kicked out from the desk. And you see as he goes over to the... He just runs out from behind the desk himself. Before he leaves, though, he turns around, closes this little short, like, half
4: door. If, if you prefer, I can offer you a room here. There's space, plenty of it. We're not
1: staying here. We are on a quest. We just need to speak with the Guild Guardian, and we will be on our way.
0: All right, so, um... Kelsey,
1: use your feminine wines.
2: I Mr. Mean, just, he's just, No, he's going to, like, take Mr. Smoke Sp- <laughs> by the shoulder and start walking away.
1: <laughs> well, clearly, good cop, bad cop didn't work. We need sexy... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so in order for that to work, good cop and bad cop need to leave. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right. What am I supposed to do? I don't know what that means. I don't know.
1: Just whatever you've been doing to Valen, do it to this
0: guy. Hey, wait, What? Oh, you think I don't see you in the still
2: hours of the night? All the guys go off arguing.
0: (laughs) Do you grab Balen as well?
2: Oh, I assume Balen grabs himself as his honor has just been struck.
0: But it's not... There's there's nothing going... No, nothing going
3: on. Just nothing?
2: Just nothing.
3: There is a slight argument occurring behind you guys right now.
5: Uh. But...
3: You guys are standing off in the corner.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You and Charles are looking around the area. Taking a little bit of a closer look, you do see that there seems to be several entrances or gates of sorts on the outer walls. One is heading more towards the east, and there is one on the west side to give you a better orientation. Mm-hmm. The Seeker Keep is at the center of the this area at the center of the courtyard directly in front of it is your information desk to the east in the farthest east wall there is a gate on the farthest west wall there is a gate that you can see from where you are standing currently which is closer to the east gate Uh there are several gazebos um, and the gazebos kind of line against the wall which seems to arc almost like in a circle and wraps Around, mostly on the eastward side, wrapping towards the west where it straightens out. I think we should go west. Based off of what information?
2: Oh, uh, well, you know, the metagame information that uh, west is literally is best? toward. No, west. <laughs> 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 no, uh, west is towards where the water is, and water is this area, this place's theme. And if there is a bad thing that's dangerous, it probably has to do with water.
1: But didn't he also say that? we wouldn't have clearance to go where the guild guardian was which would presumably not be further in town but would be in the seeker base
2: oh i don't remember any of that okay
1: well based off of the in-game information that we've been given and the fact that the guardian is generally in the keep i think we just barge into the keep and hopefully there's more useful people there
2: oh yeah if we can find someone else to pasture that sounds great that sounds amazing all right let's go uh, Charles Smoot will probably just
1: blaze ahead pushing past the information desk and making his way into the keep shouting for Sawa Ostrich
3: As you guys begin walking into the building you hear as footsteps
4: follow behind you oh, Wait, I told you Hold on you wait, play. Yeah. <sighs> Mr. Smoot, Mr. Vinavere Yeah, what? He's not here
1: Well, I'm sorry Well, apparently no one is here Scott, who in the world did you get a black eye from? There isn't a person for miles. I'd rather
4: not talk about it. Did you
1: have a fight with the bar and lose?
4: Yes, that would be exactly what happened. The bar and I got into a fight and I ended up with a black eye. Yes. Can I sense both of this? You can. I would roll that for you, remember?
3: (laughs) That'd be great. You can definitely tell that that entire story is fabricated. It, it wasn't even hidden in, in reality. It just seems that this is something
4: he prefers to the truth. Right. Me and the drink, we uh, get along in a very strange way and... Scott, who
1: hurt you? Like, like I'm not talking about physically, but like in, in a deep and emotional way to the point where you feel the need to lie to complete strangers.
2: Ben's just going to look at Smoot going, it was you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I haven't hurt him yet. I am contemplating it every second that this is prolonged.
3: You can attempt to roll a diplomacy if you would like to aid him, Finavir, In some way, you may try to do so.
2: All right. Dice can roll well. Backseat diplomacy. Let's go. Oh, yeah, that's how it should be. That, that looks around about right. Uh Smoot Smooth a total of 12. Uh, Finn uh supporting with the uh, 30
4: it was the bottle it broke my heart yes
0: indeed
2: a cruel mistress
0: Valen <laughs> agrees I understand that he walks over and starts <laughs> patting him on the
4: back no
1: Valen don't sympathize with him you actually struggle with alcoholism this man is fabricating a lie because he does not wish to be helpful
2: so if he's not going to be helpful let's just find something helpful for ourselves
1: Venom I have tried that. There is no one around. I have tried my regular antics of running around and screaming at the top of my lungs. And look at where it's gotten me.
2: All right. Then I'm going to do my antics and wander around until I find something significant.
4: All right. All right. Fine. If if what you want is for me to bring you to Sawa Otzarek, I will. On one condition. Once you pass through the gate. Uh Uh-huh. You're just going to make your way down the path on your own.
1: Uh-huh. Right? Sure.
4: And if you come across anything strange, you will keep walking. <laughs> sure. And don't tell them I sent you.
1: Scott, I understand why you have a black eye. Because I can strangle you right now! That is all I was asking for this entire time! Thank you! You have been very helpful!
4: <laughs> what? <laughs> Not with that attitude... Maybe if you had a better attitude, I might be willing to help you more. But not with that attitude, then. And he kind of just, like, turns and starts walking away. Where?
1: Oh, I guess we are somewhat apart from the, the information desk. Okay, cool.
2: Well, you know, he said he'd lead us there. So mm-hmm. we're going to follow him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, we'll follow so Whether after. he picks up on this or is actually leading us the right way, it's going to end this way. That's true.
3: So he turns and sees you following him, but you can see that he seems to be grumbling to himself.
2: Yeah, he's earned that grumble. Yes. He he's and, interacting with Smooth today.
3: Right. So as you guys follow after him, you see that he turns towards the west gate and walks over towards it.
2: West is best. West is best. <laughs> see, we could have just gone through the west gate. It was like, great. we been fine.
3: But as he walks over to it, you see that there seems to be a panel of sorts. He walks over to it and places and what appears to be his own tag against it. And you hear a sound of something unlatching on the other side, and the gate begins to slowly open on its own.
2: See that, Smoot? Where are they?
1: (laughs) No. No. Wait. I mean, are you saying he is? (laughs) Because it only opened because he did something.
2: Uh, At this point, Smoot made a big deal of this all all that weighs back, and Finn's gonna make it his problem. Okay.
4: This way, then.
2: Right.
1: Smoot follows after him. He Er.
3: steps through the gate, seeming to pause for a second, looking around very warily, and then he kind of like takes another step forward. This way, then.
1: Yeah, you already said that. We're still following you. We just don't know why you're walking so slowly.
3: Right. He only takes a few more steps, and then all of a sudden, you hear something whizzes by and strikes him in the face, and he falls over on the ground. God! Dang Out! No! no, It's on you! I'm out! And he just gets up, turns around, and runs back through the gate and closes it. But you see it latches. What hit him in the face? You can take a look.
1: Perception check. Sure.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 14 for Charles Smith. Rookie numbers. 18 for Finn.
3: (laughs) As far as you both are aware, there is nothing that hit this man in the face. You don't see anything out of the ordinary in the area. You see sticks. You see rocks. You see there is a cliff and there's a path that leads along this cliffside. There are some trees there. And in the distance, you do hear the sound of water and some sort of strange animal.
1: You know, Finn, when we get back to Lancelot I really have to thank Nora and Zora. I I never really fully appreciated them and how helpful they genuinely were and good at their position they are.
2: Both of them, despite their flaws,
1: are very professional. Like, like, absolutely phenomenal, right? Like, like, you go there and they handle every situation very effectively.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mr. Finnevere. Right. In particular, one of them over the other. Is uh, is that what we're talking about here? I do remember there was some sort of spark. There was a spark there. I don't know between which one, but there was a spark.
2: Wait, did I miss something? Oh, it's nothing. just when next time we make a map, we're going to make a better map. Uh, Our map was perfectly fine. Uh, Not to some people's standards.
3: Ah, something about it was very helpful. No, it wasn't. And then Kelsey starts like reciting the tale in very poor imitations of your voice and the twin voice, but she doesn't seem to know which one it is. All
2: of this is happening while Charles Smith is walking down this path.
3: Yes. So and
2: I didn't write down who it was.
3: <laughs>
5: you don't remember which <laughs> twin
2: it was. I think it was Nora, but I need I to go know back. who it was. I just... need to listen to the episode again. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't see her for like three months. We'll be fine.
0: Or ever again.
2: Or ever again. Everyone could be dead. No, I won't be able to show off any beautiful maps.
3: (laughs) By then, she has a husband and children. It's been 30 years. Who knows? I will
2: spine her (laughs) show her this map.
3: I will show her children the map. You walk along this path, this cliff which seems to have a gradual slope down. Beyond the trees, you can see what appears to be small bodies of water, in individual, but it's kind of foggy and hard to see. The air back here is very humid and sticky, almost.
1: I was fully prepared for you to just stop cold turkey in the middle of that sentence. Off in the distance, you see bodies. <laughs> it's foggy, and it's difficult to see. No.
3: <laughs> and occasionally... You'll see some sort of splash in the water, but it's hard to make out what is in it due to the mist and fog.
2: All right, then we will make our way with a slightly expedited pace along this path. Oh, Charlesman has already been given it a good old power walk as he is aggravated
1: with how long it took to get to the direction of Sawa Ostrich. Ostrich. Same thing.
3: It's not, o- it's not, it's not Ostrich, it's Ostrich. As you make your way down the path, it takes about 15 minutes before you spot a structure in the distance. But before that, a rickety wooden bridge that seems to connect across a wide gap. The cliff seems to cut off and drops down in a 70-foot drop into a stream or a river of sorts. Again, it's hard to tell how quickly the water is moving due to the steam that seems to be rising up beneath the bridge. You see that it sways slightly, though. And across, you see a small cliff island where there seems to be a gazebo there.
2: Like, how dangerous is this bridge? Like, are we talking ability check or is it just, like, you know, an OSHA violation?
1: You know, Charles Smith is just going to walk across it and hope no one asks him what his favorite color is.
3: Pinavir, you stop upon seeing this bridge and begin to observe it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Charles, being as impatient as ever, begins walking across this bridge. Pinavir, you hear as it seems to creak slightly under his weight. And as he continues walking across the bridge, he makes it across.
5: All
2: right, well, it's good for Smoot. The heaviest among us. Oh, okay. Uh, Finn will go across, but carefully.
3: I see. So, Finn, you slowly make your way across, and you both find yourselves on the other side of this bridge, followed by Kelsey and Valen, who make their way after you. There is a small path that kind of... Curves up along the side of this cliff, up towards the gazebo and wrapping around this island of sorts. And you hear what sounds like some sort of humming up ahead.
2: Like music humming?
3: Yes, like someone is humming. It is a male voice that you hear, a singular voice.
2: Charles Smith
1: begins approaching the sound, trying um. to ascertain which direction it's coming from and making his way towards it, as that is the first sign of Human life. Presumably, assuming this is a human humming, that he has seen other than Scott Sterling. Mm-hmm.
3: You hear the voice coming from slightly above you in the gazebo.
1: Oh, we approach the gazebo then. Mr. Sawa!
3: You approach and you see that there is the figure of a man facing towards an easel, and you can see that he seems to be painting something while humming terribly. But enjoying himself nonetheless. He doesn't respond to your shouting. Maybe
5: he's deaf.
3: All right, so Finevere approaches
5: up um, behind you. <laughs> no, I'm not deaf, but I have been expecting you.
2: You have? Ah, excellent news. Right, that's great.
3: He's still facing away from you, by the way. He hasn't turned towards you at all. Ah, that's fine. But he ushers you to come in without even turning to look. You see this man has black hair that is tied back in a ponytail and he makes a few strokes with a brush against a colorful canvas in front of him. There's an acrid scent of paint and humidity mixing in the air and after a few more strokes and you approaching inward, he takes the brush and seems to place it on a small table nearby and he slowly turns to you. He is wearing a long, open robe that seems to fan back slightly. He is an obviously stout man, well-dressed, but is a far cry from what you've experienced of a guardian of the Seekers. Everything that Eden is, he is not. And he smiles pleasantly at you.
2: This man doesn't even need alcohol to find happiness. Ah,
3: yes. Make yourself sit home. He gestures, and there is a very small table in the right corner. Of the room that has only four pillows on the floor around a very short table.
1: Uh huh. I've got bad knees. I don't know what to say. Uh, so we—you said you were expecting us. Yes. Did you did you receive correspondence from Eden? Yes. Oh, so perfect. You know why we're here.
5: Yes. He just
3: continues to smile as you throw each question at him.
1: Uh, what is? Uh, I, I mean, then. How, how do we most expeditiously get on with our journey
5: Of course you would take a boat
1: uh, is there a particular like vessel in
5: mind yes
0: wow these are really just straightforward answers now, aren't they
1: they're very they're simultaneously very quick but lacking information
3: <laughs> he just sort of chuckles smooth
2: don't you die for straightforward
1: answers normally?
2: I I do. I find
1: it a... so unnatural that and conflicting on a deep and emotional level.
2: Just enjoy the moment. So, um, when do we depart? Yeah, that's good. He can't say yes to that. <laughs> he could <can> say soon.
0: <laughs> I was about to actually.
1: Tomorrow evening. T- tomorrow evening.
2: Yes. That's kind of a long time from now. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm sorry, Smoot. Did you have another boat in your back pocket that you wanted to set up? I did
1: not, in fact, have another boat in my back pocket. I was just trying to figure out what we do for more than 24 hours.
2: Well, in case you hadn't noticed, it's really nice here.
5: I'm sorry, but I think there is a misunderstanding.
1: What? Uh, I mean, you've been pretty straightforward thus far. What have we not comprehended correctly?
5: You will depart tomorrow evening on the boat... As long as there is payment provided.
1: What do you mean, pay? I assume he didn't provide a payment, right? This is a guild quest.
5: I have secured a boat for you. Okay. But there are requirements from the captain.
1: All right. right. And. Ah. (laughs) What would those be?
5: Of course, you will need to provide the captain with the Kaiser Shell Pearls.
1: Okay, you see, there's, there's a small problem there. We don't have those, and I have no idea what they are.
2: Oh, so we use the time we have left to go grab up some pearls, and then we ferry our way down south. Yes. I don't, Have you ever seen pearls before in your life? Uh, there was a merchant one time that had some around their neck, but I saw that, that one time, no.
0: Ah, that shouldn't be, like, too difficult, right?
2: They're just round, right? They're and just... they come from... Sea
0: creatures? J-Jules? well, it seems that might not be the easiest thing to obtain if I'm understanding right. what it is he wants from us. Valid, you <laughs> know what they are, Valen. Yes. Okay. Right. So- um, no. Right. No, please. Uh, oh. All right. Are you sure your grandfather did not explain any of that to you? Wait, hold on. Let me think. Um, red wine... And,
2: uh, is that a knowledge check I can make? <laughs> is that wine related?
3: Um, it wouldn't be wine related, but do you have society?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I have some society, yeah.
3: Sure. You may roll a society.
2: I, I did roll the society of a 13.
3: Yeah, you have absolutely no idea. This is like... Jewels were not of interest to you.
2: I mean, I suppose pearls could be used for trade, but aside from that, uh, aside from they're kind of valuable...
0: Right. right. Okay. They are, from what I know about them, since my family does deal in some of this sort of thing, our. Oh, I don't like that. Our family. He says, looking at you, Fenimore. Geyser shells are a type of what is it? A crustacean, a clam, that um resides where there is usually volcanic activity. Hmm.
2: On volcanoes, usually on the ground? Like there can be lava? A, there can be underwater volcanoes, Finn. Really? Well, you know, that's what makes you the bioscientist guy.
0: Right. Uh, yes. It's either near a uh, source of very, very hot water in overall.
2: Well, we find ourselves in hot water on a regular basis, so. <laughs> Shouldn't be any problem. All right. Uh,
1: Sawa, so, uh,
3: where do we find it? He looks off towards his left, which is further into the watery area that you were viewing from the
5: cliff. I suppose it would be in that direction.
2: Right. We find the pearls in that direction. So uh, perhaps a library of sorts that we could go and uh, study up on some volcanic regions or someone familiar with Kaiser Pearl diving that we could talk to, or maybe you could educate us yourself in the specifics
5: Yes, of course. A brief explanation, then. They are undersea clams. If you wish to fish them out yourselves, then perhaps you should travel to town and purchase equipment for that, otherwise you may have to fight the denizens of the water for their share.
1: Also, oh, so someone already has these.
5: I don't like the sound
3: of that. Why? I don't want to fight somebody for their pearls, like clutching their pearls. I don't understand. Is that a bunch of carrots?
1: Also, how, how many pearls do we need?: One for each of you. Oh, I mean, it's only four pearls. How hard can that be?:
3: I'm assuming that you are you did leave uh, your deer behind your elk. cerulean, wasn't, did wasn't, he come?: Was't planning on it? Is he with you now?: Yes? I'm sorry. I want, I forgot to clarify that in the water. He sat down as soon as he walked out of the gate. He just sat down. He's just in that pool of water.
1: Okay. uh, So the the, the denizens of the water, what can we expect from that? Which one do you think is easier, fishing them or fighting?
5: Fishing would be faster.
1: Fast, fast, faster. Are you sure about that? You said we'd have to go into town, buy equipment, do this thing that we've never done before. Safer. Now, safer, I can believe. But you see, I, I am a man of action.
0: And I'm a woman of reservation.
1: We balance each other out quite nicely.
3: Right. And, like, half of the party is a party of reservation.
2: Yeah, but my personality makes up for what the other half of the party's lacking. It's perfectly fine. I think we're all reservation except for Smoot. His, his lack of reservation does equate to half. He gives more than 110% of his lack of reservation.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, um, so... Uh, All right, so we either go fight something
3: or we buy things and fish them out ourselves.
1: Well, I don't know anything about fishing. I know a lot about fighting. I feel like the choice is quite obvious. Oh, but while we have you here, you just are an absolute wealth of knowledge. What has Scott Sterling so terrified?
3: He just starts laughing and he just looks at you and smiles. I assume he has not told you then.
1: No, no, no! He was very neglectfully uninformative for running an information desk.
5: He is terrified of saifen. Of what? Saifen.
1: I don't know what that is.
5: Uh what is the word for you? Um, is star eyes
1: the what? Mayland, does this make any sense to you? Is this just like a, a disconnect here?
0: Um, uh, no, it makes perfect sense. It's a um, saifen is the same. Word as star eye. It's an old dialect term.
1: Okay. Someone's gonna have to sit me down and explain what this is.
0: I've never seen one before, but as far as I'm aware, there's um a small very little things. Aha. Uh-huh.
2: but then the star eyes would be more of a metaphor.
0: I don't know. Honestly, it's not something I'm very familiar with lore wise. I um don't have
5: much interest in animal husbandry.
1: Well that's fine. Uh because we're gonna be murdering.
5: Um I must ask that you do not kill this heaven.
1: And wait, unless are those the denizens of the water? Yes. I gotta say for <laughs> answering every question I've asked. I feel like I have very little information.
2: Well, Saban, uh small very little very little creatures with stars for eyes, and they hold the pearls, and we need to take them from them or fish them out ourselves. Yeah, no, uh, I, the old fishing uh, this time of day I, it sounds quite uh, uh, boring.
0: <laughs> right. Um, I can maybe give some background on a little bit of this. Uh, maybe we just go to town first and then come back. It's up to you, though.
2: Oh, we could talk about it on the
1: way. I mean, which direction's town are we going to... So we we just have to beat up some small little furry animals and take their pearls? That doesn't sound very difficult.
3: You just hear a chuckle from
5: Sawa. We would go east.
1: So the opposite direction of the way we went? Yes. Okay. So now we have to walk all the way back the way we came to then get something to come all the way back here to then go fishing.
0: Yes. Okay. It's a fetch quest.
1: I I, I know, I thought we were kind of above that now, seeing as we've ranked up and everything, but I guess not. Oh, we're burning daylight. I I guess so. All right, I guess we're going to figure out how to go clamming today.
3: All right, so you guys begin making your way to uh, the town, which is just outside of the Holt itself. The entire region is a part of Otter's Holt, and Valen gives you a very brief history of the area, indicating that originally Otter's Holt was owned by Raylund. But due to uh, apparent poaching of these star eyes and their near extinction, Raylund actually ended up recruiting the Seeker's Guild as part of a conservation effort. And there was some trading done that actually allowed for Otter's Holt to come into existence and become a neutral territory for the Seekers. Additionally, Valen shares that while this base is not located near the forest, there were apparently underwater ruins that were discovered here.
2: Underwater ruins? How do you even explore that? By swimming underwater. <sighs> yeah, but... Have you ever gone in, like, a deep pond and you go down, like, a few feet and your head starts to go,
5: eh. I
3: actually, uh, she goes into her bag and pulls out a strange mouthpiece. Um, there's, like, this rebreather thing that I know that they were selling at, uh, Lamb's Respite. This is the one I got when we were in Oros' facility, but I assume they probably have something like this, where they just use it and go underwater and breathe.
1: And then also, they make diving suits help you insulate you from that from your head exploding oh oh yeah yeah head exploding is like a very big cause of death underwater next to drowning
0: right Uh, it doesn't really help much though when you have to deal with the sea beasts
1: sea uh, sea beasts
0: yes of course sea beasts get your head in the game
1: uh, uh, talk to me like i'm five and i've never heard of the ocean before what should I look out for?
0: I don't know. I haven't really been to the ocean myself. I only know what I've learned in some history lessons.
1: Oh, you can't just go around throwing the term around like sea beast and not expect to give me any follow-up on that.
0: Right. So sea beast, creature that lives in the sea and will probably eat you. Well, yeah, that's in the name. I was wondering if
1: there are any specifics I should worry about.
0: I don't know. I've never been here again.
1: Like, like is a plesiosaur going to, like, jump up out of the water?
2: Smooth. Wait, let's ask someone at the market.
3: All right. And so, we make
2: our way to town?
3: Yes, indeed. You do make your way into town. Making our way.
2: Whoa, there's people?
3: There are people in the ah, town. This town wow. is actually very busy. Um, You do know that this is the port. The dock that you guys would be going to is probably about five hours away from Otter's Holt itself. But the township that's outside is only a 10-minute walk down um, and you know you would have to take the ferry to get to the port.
1: Sure. Sure, sure, sure. That's not that bad. Mm-hmm. All right, we make we make our way into town, and we, we just start asking around.
3: Okay, so you guys would like to use diplomacy to gather information.
1: Yes, Jaden is going to be rolling a lot of that, as Charles Smoot very politely waits for him to find information. And by politely, I mean curmudgeoningly, grumbling in the background.
2: Uh, 27.
3: What what are you looking for? Is there anything in particular, information-wise, like?
2: He's looking for markets that particularly look like they have to do without the sea, especially if he can find anything that looks like someone like has like sailing services or like is selling pearls or something that looks like it came from the ocean. Okay, like so CLs. we're
3: we're ga- so you're trying to gather information yeah. on. So.
2: If I can find the places where these things come from, I can talk to the people who interact with those things and they might have knowledge just over time. Okay. That's
3: the so, idea. So, as you are perusing and, you know, schmoozing some of the locals, the, the, the pearls that you're asking about are a very rare market. Due to the limitations that were put on hunting the safin or the Star Eyes, as you've learned they're called as well, there was also limitations then put on obtaining these pearls, which these creatures somehow managed to obtain and generally in this area, the geyser shells are found in the local hot springs where they stay to obtain the pearls. A lot of merchants during a certain uh, an event called the raid, merchants will hire people known as clam raiders that will venture into the star eyes territory. To acquire the clams, and the runners often have to employ daring tactics to obtain the pearls, which can sometimes draw an audience of curious onlookers. And watching these skilled runners outmaneuver the star eyes can be a thrilling spectacle, but it is not an event for the faint of heart because there have been stories of people dying. You know that the pearls themselves are worth at least individually, and depending on size, anywhere from... 800 silver to 10 gold.
2: All right, new plan. We get five to six pearls, sell them off, and then go (laughs) and take the longer route.
1: Did they mention anything about what kind of equipment you would need in order to to do these raids? As a matter of fact,
3: Uh, you know that if if they're doing a clam hunt on their own, they'll usually grab uh, a chain net, heat resistant. Uh, gloves or a diving suit of some sort if they're able to obtain it, and chain gloves.
1: Did they mention why chain? That sounds very
2: odd. Clams are sharp. Okay. You know, it'd be real useful to have things like Mage Hand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you can also get a uh, grabbing claw because they're often located down inside narrow tubes where your arms cannot reach.
2: All right. um So I guess we're funding our own expedition, so we need to find out what this equipment would cost.
3: Sure. You find a salesperson who is selling a chain net for six silver. There's fishing tackle for eight, a heat-resistant diving suit. They only have one of those for 20 silver, and chain gloves for four.
1: What about the claw?
3: The claw is five silver.
1: Do we need a net? I guess that's what you would put them in once you grab them. I think Finn can fund this. Uh, Finn, while we're here, another thing to maybe, like, take note of.
2: Are we going to need a boat to get to where we need to be? You no, know, we're probably also going to need to figure out where they are specifically. Yeah, because we
1: were just kind of told, like, over there where it's
2: warm.
3: I mean, he probably doesn't know either. No, you think the... he just goes around and sticks his head in the water and he's like,
0: Ooh, there's some clams here.
2: We might need to get a little bit creative. Okay, Mr. Smoot, do you want to fight some mysterious star at fairy creature?
0: Do we want to figure out what these things are more so since we didn't get a lot of information? I mean, yeah. if
2: they're, they're popular, so they're like, you know, artistry and like, you know. Yeah, where, where are the souvenirs? All right? right? Where's just, the branding?
1: Let's
0: just take a look around then. What,
1: what, what, that's what I've been doing while, while Finn's been asking around.
0: Oh, you didn't roll. You think what I've was
5: just twiddling my thumbs? Yes.
1: So, r- roll for window shopping. I will roll to window shop then. Charles well, move with a total of 27 on his window shopping.
3: Alright. Tynivar, would you like also uh, to roll your perception? Looking around the area, you are looking for more information on or you're actually just looking for what a star eye could be. You start seeing lots of similar decorations around the area and taking a closer look, you swear you are looking at the town's mascot, which is strange-looking otters that seem to have three eyes instead of just two.
1: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
3: A lot of them are just, like, little wood carvings. And you see a lot of girls are just wearing them, like, as little pendants.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Okay.
3: But there's no verbal confirmation of this, since you're just looking and not really asking.
1: Charles Smith's thinking. And by Charles Smith, I mean Quentin's thinking. Okay. Okay. Uh, he would regroup uh, after doing some window shopping. I mean, from what I've seen, these star eyes don't really seem like they'd be that tough. It would be like kicking puppies.
3: You figured out what they are?
1: Uh, think like furry little re- regular otters, except the only thing that makes them special is that they have a third eye. You know like out blue friend elk have six ears? Apparently animals just like adding body parts. Ew, it's like a weird mutation. But honestly, I don't think they would be that bad. I feel like I could probably just buy a big stick and, like, hit them away while you guys
2: go steal some pearls?
3: Right. You want us to steal from otters.
2: You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Smoot has practiced with taking candy from babies.
1: What do you mean? It's very easy.
2: See? This is what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, they don't even know. Their attention spans are so short, they'll forget about it in two minutes.
2: Uh, maybe we could find something to trade with the otters.
0: Like clams? Oh. oh. Rocks? Hmm.
2: Would they eat clams? That's part of an otter's
1: regular diet, yes.
0: Isn't a geyser shell a clam, from what I've heard? Yes. So we just- Wait, they probably,
1: they probably clams? don't care. Clams. Well, they don't really, they probably don't care about the pearls themselves. They probably just care about the food that comes with
2: them. So if we just feed them, can we just take the pearls? Hmm, maybe. we uh, will try to find something to buy that Looks like it could be otter food. No, you know, Finn's going to co- kidnap Smoot, and he's going to make him pick something because he's a 47-year-old biology teacher. Born and
1: raised in upstate New York. 47,
3: it. he's lost 10 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Finnevere's gained 10 on his own.
1: Uh, oh, it's just the stress. Would Smoot roll a knowledge in nature, then, to assume what an otter would eat?
3: Would you mean a lore?
1: Uh, or... you're right I, well, it, it's just nature it has no all right attached. so
3: then yes yeah, so you would roll nature
1: all right so we'll roll nature in order to determine what a star eye might eat uh, 14 he's very fuzzy on his otter
3: it's it's an otter like I don't know fish, fish. I still think a rock would be a great gift
1: you're, they do have favorite rocks what, what we have to find him a really nice rock
2: okay are there any decorative rocks for sale <laughs> Like, you know, you go to the novelty stores and they have, like, all these smooth rocks of varying colors.
3: You see somebody is selling these rocks, but it's, like, in a large rocks, barrel. Rocks. for sale. It's a large barrel and they look, like, very cheap, poorly cut gemstones, but they seem to have no value whatsoever. It's, like, there's a little scoop and a little tiny baggie. And you oh. see a bunch of kids going over and, and filling baggies and giving the uh, store clerk like five copper
2: uh ben will get kelsey's input on the rock these look kind of nice ah uh, yeah how
1: how,
0: what, how, rocks. how, wait, how big are walk. they Wait, know
2: how big are they
1: are they like tiny pebbles
3: they're like um yeah like a pebble
1: Amir, those are way too small Oh, what the? Oh, okay.
3: What, what about this? Valen comes over and he's lugging like a very large, like, Vaylin, boulder.
1: Too big. Have you never heard of Goldilocks? We need something just right.
3: I don't know how big
0: these things are. I'm like serious. Like size. I've also heard the very aggressive, Err! and just puts
3: the rock down in the middle of the street.
0: What?
1: I, I don't know. I'm just getting very conflicting information here. I was told go get these or fight some otters. Then it was kind of alluded to that the way you get these is by fighting otters. But apparently fishing is an option. But we have met no one who fishes these, even though it seems like it would be a very lucrative business
3: model. The star-eye otters oftentimes will fish out certain areas so that they are cleared of geyser shells. It is very likely where the star eyes are, there shall also be the shells.
1: Well, it sounds like we're going to have to deal with them one way or another. We might as well just kick some puppies and
5: take their You may
3: get lucky because some areas, however, may have geyser shells. The point is the GM is telling you to look and search the area.
2: All right, let's do it. We, We buy what we need and
1: we take it back and we search the vague area in that direction. I
3: promise it is not as difficult as you're making it out to be. I just
1: don't know where
2: it is is or we're just, any information we're on scared it. about volcanoes that yeah just, you said that, volcanic right. so,
3: activity well that's what valen said he could be very wrong all right. for all so, you know
2: um just so i don't leave, have to leave and come back we buy suit the does suit that is include the silver. way yeah does that include the way to go underwater and stay down there no okay is that, is that also for snip oh you have to hold your breath all right, uh, we need to decide as a group who all is going down there.
0: I also have this rebreather. I don't know if it works though. Uh, that'll be useful.
1: Um, I figure because these uh, tunnel things that they said are really difficult to get into and everything, well, where they I have I'm this...
3: gonna take this little claw thing, and it it looks like like one of those dinosaur mount things. Well, I was figuring <laughs> yeah. you would do it
1: because you're the smallest among us, so you would fit better. Right. But I'll be there to back you up just in case uh, any star eyes attack you.
0: Right, and I and I will be on the land to fight off any artists <laughs> as you have been calling them.
1: Yeah, we'll be the lookouts. You're so incredibly helpful. Thank you.
0: Honestly, I Honestly. think oh, it's the most important job. You got to make sure the boat's
1: there when we come back.
0: I don't know if we're going to need a boat. We'll find out when we get there. We honestly should have asked him that before we left.
1: We tried asking him questions, and again, he was incredibly vague.
0: I thought he was very forthright initially, and then it just fell off. It really did. It was like, like he like, was straining his voice or something.
1: I don't know. It, yeah, he definitely felt like he had issues
2: talking and staying consistent with it.
0: Huh. I felt right. like a personal jab.
2: Alright. 35 silver for the gear.
3: Yep. So!
2: And we make our way
3: back! You make your way back over to the gazebo. Uh, It does not seem that Sawa is there anymore, but there is a note that it was left for you. Uh, Of course. What does it read? (laughs) Once you have obtained the pearls for yourselves, you will be looking then for a vessel called the Starlight Maiden. Her captain is Clem Fetchum, and you can find... The ship docked at the port. He is expecting you. But if you are late, you will not be able to take his ship because they are departing tomorrow evening.
1: Okay. Well, he said keep going west from here, I believe, right? To to find where the pearls may be. So we just keep on keeping on.
3: Indeed. So, gentlemen, it is time... You make your way down from the gazebo following along the path, which you actually see seems to snake around this island, leading down to a lower ledge, which slowly flattens out. And you see around you, there are actually large pools of water, but they're separated. This seems to be a pattern of pools, almost, where there are hills and then dipping into the valley, there is these hot springs.
1: Uh, Your hint was, is the pearls will probably be where the otters are, because the otters go for the clams. So we just start walking around until we find some with star eyes.
3: So you just start walking around? Yeah. Genius.
1: I mean, that was the best advice we were
2: given, is walk around and you'll find it.
3: Go ahead and roll a perception check.
2: You know, Finn's just like, with a natural one, he's just looking at the ocean and going... You know, I dreamed of the ocean. Never knew what it would actually look like. I should probably paint something and sketch that and bring it back next time I go back to Tava. Ben, we are on a deadline! Huh? Ben. Sorry, I spaced out.
3: But it is also a very beautiful area back here. The idea of, like, there's lots of hills and almost, like, karst-like regions. But there are small landmasses that you're able to walk on. And you find yourselves having to wade through shallow pools of water occasionally, all of it relatively warm.
2: Squeak, squeak. Uh, Charles, with a
1: total of 24. Your shoes are very
3: wet. Very wet shoes. Um, Charles, you are listening for the sound of these otters. Squeaks. The little tiny squeaks.
5: Squeakity squeaks, squeak. wait.
3: The problem being, there are squeaks everywhere.
1: Oh, really? Omni <laughs> um, squeaking
3: on um, these weekends but you make your way through some of these pools and you don't see anything nearby initially but you start to hear something off to your right-hand side just past a uh, a hill that leads down into another pool area and you see there seems to be a small critter of sorts but it's kind of hard to make out as it is diving through the water and kind of swimming down. And you know that these pools of water have been relatively shallow, these hot springs. But somehow, it seems to almost disappear underwater.
1: All right, well, uh, we were told that the clams tend to be in tunnel systems. That's why we can't fit in there. But Because those creatures are small enough, they might fit.
4: Right. So... How do we want to go about this? Do we do we want to, like, take it back and cover its head and then beat it with a rock? Okay, hold on.
1: You, you seem to have some real repressed energy here. Um, we're going to uh, distract the otters while you try and find the clams with your little grabby stick.
4: You... Okay, so you want me to get into the suit now? I should have done this earlier, honestly. Probably a good
1: idea. Then you wouldn't have been as wet. Uh, the suit would have been wet instead.
4: Oh!
1: oh now, now you just have wet clothes. Oh,
4: I need to go... Like, do, I'll be right back. I'm going to change. Nobody peek. I'll be back.
1: Charles Smoot is going to approach this pond while he's waiting and try and make contact with the otter in a peaceable manner. Uh, Squeakity, squeakity. So don't attack.
3: Okay, so you're going to roll a nature.
1: Be friendly.
3: You hear as it just lets out this high-pitched screeching sound. You see, it's literally like it swam up onto the uh, shore of a nearby beach in the water. As you have stepped out there, it sees you as you're approaching.
1: Fetamir, I feel like I offended it some way with how I spoke. I was expecting you to least stealth. Well, I have a plus ten in nature. I rolled a two. This could have went so well.
3: You're immediately entering into combat because that's how these creatures work.
1: Oh, no. The squeakening is upon us.
3: That is one of their abilities. The squeakening?
1: Charles Smoot pulls out his sword, but he's going to be very careful to only use the flat of it.
3: You're going to roll your initiative.
2: 19 for Charles Smoot. Hey, 22 for Finn.
3: Perfect. How many? How many was that? (laughs) How how
1: many
5: of them were there?
0: What? Don't worry about it. I don't know, it's just a lot of dice rolled. Charles? What the hell? I thought we were going to wait. What? No
1: one said anything about waiting. Someone said she was going to change, and I tried to, like, speak to them in the language of their people or something. I think you must have insulted its mother. Well, I mean, I don't really know the dialect. Like, something could have come across wrong.
2: Uh, You know, even if he could speak their language, I'm pretty sure he would just smoot it up anyway. Remember, you can't kill them.
1: Are you sure about that? I mean, look, who's look, gonna know? It is easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, but we were already very strictly not given permission.
3: Damn it! Fine! Um, but you do see, as he looked like he was about to summon his Athame, he stops. Right, so we'll just do this the manual way then, the
5: regular manual
3: way. He just draws his rapier and he seems to ready himself. You hear a response of squeaking in the distance. Charles Smoot, all of a sudden, you see as this otter, which you saw for a moment, only had two eyes. Suddenly, a third eye seems to open up on its forehead and begins to glow. The critter's fur, which was relatively dark and almost black, also picks up a slight aura to it. And all of a sudden, you see as several rocks are hurled at you, telekinetically projectiled. The uh,
1: otters can't
5: do that!
3: And Charles, you take nine piercing damage as these rocks slash through your skin flying past you, crashing into a nearby wall. Ow, that hurt!
1: I I can see why Scott Sterling doesn't like this. Charles just pulls out a shield.
3: This otter then jumps into the water, and seems to swim down where you can't see it. Not without a good perception check. Oh, A Avir.
2: It's your turn. What do you got for him? There's none above water? No.
3: None that you can see currently. It seems that the one that you guys were fighting a moment ago dove under the water so that you could no longer see it.
2: He will take out his little wooden shield and... Stand on guard at the edge of the water.
3: All right. So he is also going to either ready or delay.
2: Then he will prepare fascinate. The um, the condition for using the fascinate will be one step. Seize an otter with something we won. Charles Smoot, it is your turn. Then I'm going to also ready an action to use this
1: shield's special function, which has not ever before been done. Uh, this is the shield which I stole from the Red Guard encampment, which on this side of the shield is entirely see-through. And I will ready an action to, when I spot an otter, use the shield's effect to determine where their weak point is. Okay. Uh, that, that'll be his whole turn, as it takes uh, an action to raise it, and
2: uh,
3: he's readying the other one. Charles Smoot, you definitely see that there is movement in the water as things begin moving their way towards you. And occasionally you do catch glimpse of the dark fur of these creatures under the water, but it does seem that they get a some mild camouflage to it due to this innate trait they have. You see as an otter appears on the landmass that is in front of you, it seems to be situated on one of the, on a higher portion of it. It looks over and is looking at you guys.
1: Well, I'm gonna use my ready to action to examine the creature to see if I can determine its weak points.
3: As you are looking through the shield, you see as it seems to scan the area, and then all of a sudden you see like a box appear highlighting the otter, zooming in on it. You see that it seems to focus in on the eye, scanning it. You also see that it seems to indicate that this creature has a resistance to fire.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
3: But it seems to indicate that there is a weak point in its eye. All right, guys. This one in particular
1: gouged their eyes out. That's not killing them. That's only
3: mutilating them. What? Okay, hang on. Kelsey comes back. She is currently wearing the diving suit. What is going on? I just was getting changed. I heard a squeaking in the distance. Mr. Finnaver, what did he do?
2: Uh, he talked to it.
0: Oh, you just had to smooth everything up now, didn't you? Hi, am I still going in the water? Yes! Okay.
2: You gotta get the
1: clams. All
0: right, so you want me to dive into the water?
1: And we'll back you up or something.
3: All right, I got this, I think. Kelsey starts walking through the water, which seems relatively shallow. Uh, Charles, though, the area that you're standing in is actually kind of deeper. It's actually up to your waist. Hmm. For Kelsey, though, it is up to the backs of her calves. I don't see anything I can hit still, so I'm just going to hold off on
0: this, Charles, uh, we'll let you... some like, be proactive! I'm going to
3: guard Kelsey, how about that? That's fine! Alright, so Valen approaches up next to Kelsey to walk next to her as the party is making their way to deal with otters. All of a sudden, though, an otter surfaces just ahead of them, and along with this otter, you see as the eye on its forehead opens up it emits this shrill screech, and there is a geyser of water that shoots out from behind it. veilen all of a sudden, you just hear him ah, oh, ow, that's hot. You see all of a sudden as an otter appears behind it.
1: Okay, as one does.
3: And you notice that all of a sudden, both of them, both of their eyes are open at the same time, and there seems to be some sort of like flashing going on in sync, and they both begin to swim at you at the same time.
2: They know teamwork feats and combo attacks? Is one of them holding something? as one got close?
3: They don't seem to be holding anything currently, but Finavir, you do see on the shore that the first one you guys noticed, there do seem to be some red-colored clams situated.
2: Go get them. Go get them, Jam. <laughs> go, go get them? But it, you, yeah, you go get them. You have the other pair of gloves. That's fine. Just throw them in your bag. Just bag them. You have the chain bag,
3: gentlemen. It is currently Finavir's turn. Go
2: <laughs> we'll get him, champ! Oh, I, I think I see them. Uh, Finn's gonna run over to, to smoot with his first action. Yes,
1: I see the otters too, Finn.
2: Uh, and he's gonna try to grab the metal bag off of him with his second action.
1: Hey, whoa, whoa! Hey, I, I know you're happy to see me, but calm down.
2: Uh, uh, third action, as far as it'll take me towards those clams. It would still be it would definitely be difficult, terrain, so you're moving
1: at half speed at the very least. But you might be able to get to the other side.
2: Okay. I I will I will do that. In as straight a line as it allows. For Ten feet.
1: I'll so take that.
3: You're in between both otters now. Nice. In front of Charles Smoot, who is currently holding a shield. You're now standing in front of a shield. The shield seems to lock onto Finevier for That's, a second. Where's the
2: weak point? Everything. Everything. Everything is highlighted. Yeah, it seems red. to be
3: like highlighting things and it's not sure where to go. And then it just says weakness, fear of spiders.
1: Yep.
2: True. There's no uh,
1: spiders.
3: Fear
2: of bees. Bees.
1: Fear bees, of bees. Spiders. spiders.
3: It just literally lists off a ginormous list of insects.
2: Phobias abound. Uh, I, I will need, I, I'm going to try to pay attention myself, but I'm going to maybe do something if uh, one of the otters moves away. That's a lot of otters in the initiative order. (laughs) No, no, it's fine.
3: Charles Smoot, you see as the otter that is in front of you, its eye on the middle, again, begins glowing. It seems to change colors slightly more to a bluish hue. And all of a sudden, you feel as there is this sort of telekinetic energy that is trying to force you to drop your sword. And you resist it. You feel, though, as there is a voice deep in your mind... It is starting to chuckle. You know that it is something morose and dark, but you can see that the otter seems frustrated, and it seems to dive quickly under the water and swims underneath Finnevere's legs.
1: Oh, no. You got <laughs> not an otter between your legs like that, Finn.
3: Charles Mood, it is your turn.
1: Alright, that's it, you you ticked me off I was all for cute, cuddly otters But as soon as you start Trying to disarm me And throw, you you literally threw the first stone Gloves, kick kick gloves are off, otters Uh, Charles
2: Smoot goes into a Barbarian rage You better not drop those gloves, they were expensive It's a metaphor
1: The last thing he gets out Before he goes intelligibly Raging
3: I assume you're going to hit it with your sword then. So go ahead and roll.
1: Yeah, targeting the otter directly in front of me. 32 to hit.
3: Definitely would hit.
1: Uh, And I am choosing to do non-lethal damage here.
3: You're being what? How much is your damage? 19. Your sword slashes somewhat clumsily into the water, and you hack. You do see that there is a small stream of blood that seems to come out from the otter, who screeches in pain. On the slightly other side of the map, you here, as water kind of splashes about, as Valen and Kelsey are tussling with their otter. Meanwhile, Benavir, you feel as something is flung at you. What appears to potentially be rocks and maybe a clamshell of some sort. Does a 30 hit you?
2: Yeah, a 30 hits, and thank goodness it doesn't crit.
3: You take 12 damage as you are slashed with. What appears to be the remnants of a clam.
2: Oh, the remnants of a clam.
3: I wonder if you could trick an otter into throwing a pearl at you. Ah. Meanwhile, as Valen is continuing to engage with his otter opponent, landing a few blows, you see another otter pop up from the water, blasting Kelsey with a hot geyser of water, and she is pushed back by five feet. Though it seems that she is protected slightly from the heat due to the wetsuit she's wearing. Ow! Man, that water's hot!
4: They're just like going down pulling it from the depths of hell.
2: Hell <laughs> <laughs> um, otters? Hotters? Yes,
4: Hotters!
3: You feel as this creature dives in the water, it seems to swim around and bites at your ankles. Not my boots. Well, that's a natural crit. Ah, Smoot will make boots out of you. <laughs> Finavir, you take... 26 and
2: Oh my god! <laughs> this is the closest Jaden's characters come to dying. <laughs> what, you mean since I was rolling Death Sage? Right.
3: It attempts to bite you again, um, but it sorely misses. That's good. He doesn't have the HP to take any. And last time it tries to bite you. And again, it misses, but you feel as it's passing between your legs slightly as it then returns back.
1: I, I think you might need to bravely run away, and I don't think you can get away from them in time. Because you're in difficult
2: terrain, and they are not. You can't get far enough away.
3: I Battle metal sin- medicine? Yeah,
2: that's what I'm thinking.
3: <laughs> it reaches down, put a band-aid on that ankle. Charles Smoot. In your rage, you see that there is, all of a sudden, as your friend takes damage, there is a trickle of blood coming up, and it's actually a significant amount.
2: I think it ate my
3: foot! <laughs> 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 it's Finnevere's <Penavir's> turn.
2: <laughs> I can do two actions towards that way, and yeah, then battle can swim medicine. Onto the, yeah. Yeah, that's as far as you get. You don't get on land.
3: He gets yeah, Unless he doesn't do battle medicine this turn, and he tries to run... Somewhere safer. on run away! <laughs> All
2: right, so that's twenty feet, and then we'll do good old battle medicine. All right, I will take the upgraded battle medicine uh, treat wounds,
3: and that gets you to your DC of twenty.
2: Yeah, yeah, even with assurance, because he has a plus ten. Good news, my foot's still attached, <laughs> <laughs>
3: You, Charles, in your rage, you hear as the otters hiss at you, and both of them seem to swim back, moving at the same time, as if they are using clan tactics.
4: <laughs> Where you going?
3: <laughs> Sorry, do you love this ability or hate it? I can't tell. Um, and you are going to be assaulted by a I series a
1: freshwater spring.
3: of telekinetic projectiles flung your way. A sharp clamshell is thrown at you. Hey. And you are definitely hit by it. And you are going to be taking 11 slashing damage.
1: Ah.
3: Are you having fun over there?
1: Charles Smooth's about to have fun.
3: It's Charles Smooth's turn.
1: As, as he just takes two strides, just butterfly swims at them. And then is going to slash the already injured one.
3: Hold on. Um, Charles Smooth, as you enter into melee range, all of a sudden you are assaulted by a, a geyser of hot water. What is happening? I feel like there's anger and rage. Oh,
1: there is rage. Um,
3: it critically succeeds.
1: There is rage. With a
3: natural crit, uh, you are going to be taking 28 damage as you are scalded by hot water, and you need to roll a fortitude save to avoid being pushed back.
1: 20 for Charles Smith's fortitude.
3: Uh, you are pushed back by five feet.
1: Well, they can only do it once a turn, because you only get one reaction. So Charles Smoot goes 10 feet back up to it (laughs) and stands on its square and is contemplating weasel-stomping day.
3: Are we having fun? No! (laughs) Is this not fun? I am
1: being bested by otters!
3: The otter that is in front of Valens swims back and climbs onto the shore, climbing up to where its brethren is.
1: It is pushing me to my limits.
3: Uh, you, Charles Smoot, you find that you are being struck once again by a telekinetic projectile from just slightly above you on the ridge.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Please roll a d4 to determine yeah, yeah. what's oh, being thrown.
1: Yeah, of ridge. course. No, why wouldn't I?
3: A four. I'm going to tell you right now. Four would be a whole clam. Three. Oh. <laughs> well. A whole rock. A pebble comes. Oh. Well, at least it's not hurling a, at you. You're going to take uh, an attack of bludgeoning damage if it hits. You're going to take 12 damage as this pebble flings directly into your forehead.
0: Ah, Mr. Smoot! Ah, Mr. Plinivere!
3: Oh my god, you guys are going to die! Okay, hang on, I'm coming, I think.
1: Slowly. (laughs) Wait, no, she's supposed to be looking for clams!
3: Well, she sees that you both are injured, there is blood in the water, and she's not sure if it's you or if it's the, the otters. Seeing that Charles, being the one that is engaged in combat, Ah. he is being healed by...
2: I decline this healing. Uh, You don't get the choice. um, You will save it?
3: If you wish to will save it, you can, but that wastes her spell.
2: I won't
1: begrudgingly.
3: Hurry, There. Oh, they really didn't do anything for your face, though. Oh. Ah. Uh, You hear behind you again the sound of a gush of water and Valen being pushed back. By five feet. So annoying.
1: We don't have ranged
3: attackers. But meanwhile, while he's doing that, the otter friend seems to swim up onto the shore, climbing up with its brethren. Something is happening. Charles, the one that you are standing atop of is going to bite at your ankles.
1: If these otters do any more damage, they're all going to die.
3: Um, Don't worry. This one misses. Uh, It's not able to bite your ankle that time, but it tries again.
1: That's good. No, it needs to miss or else it will die.
3: It misses, but it's going to try it for the last time. That's
1: good. Keep missing or else it will die. It hits. That's bad for it.
3: And um, Charles, you're going to be taking nine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was what I was killed for. Got it.
3: Yes, it bites your ankles, Charles. As
1: long as the other one doesn't hit me, I we're still kosher.
3: Finnevere, it's your turn.
2: He will take a swig of the red water.
3: Uh, Finnevere, you're going to heal by 29 points.
2: Hey, I think I can feel my foot again.
4: It feels like your foot has magically reattached itself. Even though it was not detached at all, it felt like it.
2: It emotionally feels like it's attached again.
3: Absolutely.
2: So it looks like I will go up. 15 feet with uh, the one stride action and then go over. The, my my last action will be a stride directly to east.
1: I don't want to have to kill these things, but if they do any more damage, they're going to all have to die. Uh,
3: Charles Smoot, you see as the otter that is next to you tries to swipe at you with its claws.
2: They're getting really close to the threshold. Uh, you could intimidate them and I could try to sing out of them or something.
3: This hits. That's not good for it. You're going to take 15 damage as you are slashed with its claws. It is going to attempt to hit you with its other claw. Um, Charles Smoot, this one is also going to hit. I believe you have reached a certain threshold. I, I
1: have absolutely reached a threshold.
3: Okay. Charles. Yeah. Stealing nine damage to you. Uh-huh. You have definitely become more than bloodied.
1: Yeah. What did I tell you was the threshold? I, I've been going by that it's 25% of my max HP.
3: Yeah, you're, you, you've you you hit your threshold.
1: And and yeah, so on my next turn, I, I don't have a choice.
3: Charles Moot, it's um, going to be your next turn in a second. The Otter, sensing a change in your aura, it seems to climb back up onto the land and seems to grovel a little bit. You know... I, I labeled this episode "Lotters Be Not Afraid.
1: <laughs> they, they are going to be very
5: afraid.
3: Uh, Finnevere, you hear as Charles gives out this very loud and almost ominous dark bellow. It doesn't sound like him though. And you can see that he has taken a lot of damage. Surprisingly, these small creatures are vicious and ferocious. You've now realized that This is kind of risky, and your friend is very hurt. But something is also very, very wrong. You start to see as this dark black sludge seems to almost begin protruding from his body and envelops him slowly, climbing all over his skin until you no longer see Charles, but a black form standing towering in the water a large creature charles's blade now seems to match his proportions Uh,
2: mr smoot are you okay kelsey something's wrong with Smoot. i was
0: afraid of this oh no
1: (laughs) and on his turn um this entity Uh, now using not his large sword, as that is what Smoot would have wielded. Uh, but you see as this black ooze envelops the blade itself, increasing its size to the point where it is now a huge weapon. And you see as it maliciously cleaves down with a clear intent to kill. I asked them nicely to not hit me.
3: Uh, 26 to hit. You basically just swing down into the water. Please roll your damage. 17 damage for the first hit. <laughs> He's rolling d12s. This small creature, terrified of you, begins swimming underneath of your legs, trying to dodge between the blade. But you see, as you strike it solidly, it takes a large amount of damage. You see a trickle of blood. Or rather, he sees a trickle of blood.
0: Ah, Mr. Finnevere. You need to stay back.
2: Uh, I don't think he's being very smooth anymore, or or Charles, for that matter. 27 to hit for the second attack.
3: It definitely hits. Roll your damage. 15 damage. This is a lot of fun. I'm so glad this came up. Don't worry. The otters on top of the hill.
1: Otters, be not afraid.
3: On the hillside, you see as, or you feel as you're being hit by projectiles, or at least attempts to hit you with projectiles from a distance. But against your steely-like flesh, they are merely pebbles, and they bounce off of you. Mr. can what
0: is he doing right now? I can't see his face. He's not looking at us, right?
2: Uh, not right now.
0: Do not get in his line of sight.
3: He is not Charles right now. She seems to prepare something, readying an action, as if waiting in case something happens. Valen looks very confused onward. He stands off to the side, backing up towards Kelsey. So, Selrak, you can laugh at this creature's pathetic attempt to disarm you. Saurak is about to be very upset, though. This otter seems to focus all of its mental energy in ripping your giant weapon away from your hands, throwing it only about 10 feet to the side. The otter that you have been attacking seems to try and limp away to its brethren on the land. Thinavir, it is your turn.
2: Finn will head north around the corner. He'll attempt to climb...
3: All right, so you'll need to roll that uh, athletics check.
2: Instead, he'll use an action to activate his slippers of spider climbing. Okay. And that's it. All
3: right, you've activated your slippers of spider climb. One of the otters in the, that you had frightened nearby it seems to continue fleeing away to get some distance, but then it attempts to throw more things. That you roll a d4 to determine what it's throwing. Roll four. Why does it refuse to roll a four? Selrak is once again bludgeoned because it's a pebble. You take eight points of bludgeoning damage.
1: I will, Charles would at the top of the round, will make a will save to try and rest control back of his body. But Selrak just seems to push him off. Selrak bends down to pick up the blade out of the water in a snap jerk motion so that all the water comes off the blade and he points it towards the otters. You wily vermin. Soak moves to chase after the injured otter uh, and cleaves down at it.
3: All right, roll a hit. Uh, 17. The otter limping, seeing you coming at it, seems to duck instinctually as... <laughs> he is just enjoying the terror he is causing currently. Seeing that their ability had worked last time, another otter attempts to disarm, Selrac. it is unable to disarm. But it does seem to back away from the lead just slightly, and it begins to sort of sing, almost. Them fearing for their lives. The same otter that disarmed you a moment ago, once again, confident in its abilities, you see as its focus, it reaches out its little paws, stretching, closing its eyes, resting the sword from Selrac's arms once again. It clatters against the stone and lands with a thud in the sand. Meanwhile, Kelsey and Valen reposition themselves around the battlefield, monitoring the situation closely. Two otters, just over the ridge where Selra can see, both of them are standing up. They both begin making this chittering, shrieking, chanting sound. The injured otter continues to move away towards its brethren. Venebear, it is your turn
2: and we'll walk up the wall, the top.
3: So you walk up the wall.
2: Uh, Any piece of debris or rock, I'll just, like, fling out.
3: There's plenty. You could even fling, like, make a little ball of sand that flings and shoots, like, a sand bullet.
2: All right, and sand bullet is... See how you like it.
3: Okay. All right, 29. 100%. You sneak up the side of this wall, walking silently with your spider climb boots. You literally just pick up a little bit of ball of sand, making sure it's a little wet, and then you fling it like a bullet. It hits against this creature. You're going to be getting sneak attack damage.
2: All right. That should be an extra eight for a total of 16.
3: Ouch. Well, once this happens, this one definitely becomes aware of your presence. It's singing or chanting stops for a moment. Selrak, you are hit by a clam that is flung at you from behind, and you
4: take... 12 damage.
1: Charles Smoot will try and rest control back of his body, uh, doing another will save. Uh, as the creed, as Selvac is injured now. Uh, oh. No, 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 absolutely not. Charles Smoot critically fails. So that
3: critical failure in the homebrew book, which I probably am going to need to pull up, I'm pretty oh, sure that no. increases the, so you can't make another will save for the day, and um, the day. he to will the maintain day. control for a full day.
4: Oh, Lord, no.
3: Um... Everyone's going to need to run after this. The only way out of this is if (laughs) Selrak is knocked unconscious. I mean, he's
1: low. (laughs) All right. uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Salrak's going to walk forward towards the otter on top of the cliff that keeps disarming him, and he's
2: just going to grab it.
3: Okay. So you need to roll...
2: Grabs out with one hand.
3: Squeaky! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Natural
1: 20 on the grab.
3: I'm going to say Solrock grabbing this otter, takes his hand, grabs its head, and rips it off.
5: Vermin.
3: But as that happens, for every action, there is a reaction. All of a sudden, there is a loud squeakening. Louder, brethren. And it is time to activate... I am become Swarm.
1: Phase two. This is, I didn't realize our boss battle had a phase two. I thought me going this way was phase two. I didn't know they... Oh, no.
5: <laughs>
1: There's only two of them. How can they
3: become Swarm? <laughs> All of a sudden, you see as from the water, the water around this small island begins to swirl, lifting up. And as the water surrounds them, they actually begin to swim in it. Multiple otters. The otters that are around the area actually get picked up by this water. They're pulled into the swarm, which forms into a giant otter of water and otters.
2: Otter NATO? Call Michael Bay. We have a new idea.
3: And so, gentlemen, before you stands the Lotter Lord, I am become swarm. And that is where we're going to end off this week's episode of The Gage Chronicles. Thank you, foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of The Gage Chronicles. I really hope that you enjoyed this because it was a long, long episode originally. It was like four hours, and Quentin did a really good job cutting it down. We had to cut some more because it was just so long, it made it almost impossible to do the uh, sound effects. So it took us a while to edit it but we're so glad it's done. And we are glad that you got a chance to listen and enjoy it with us because we're totally listening to this one all in the back end. We want to give a big thank you to Michael Gelfi with Michael Gelfi Studios and Yvonne Dutch for allowing us to use their music and ambiance in today's episode, because wow. All right. Latter Lord, Absolutely. Honestly, should be a plushie. Maybe I'll make it happen. Who knows? I'm going to keep this one short. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure you guys are following us on our social media accounts at Twitter and Instagram at RollFound, and that way you can keep up to date with us on any uh, new releases. So we will see you next next week on another episode of The Gate Chronicles.
1: Bye-bye! All right, well, bye, guys. Have fun with the kaiju battle next week.
2: Oh, no, we need Rock to say bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh, no.